0: Every day brings us closer, closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny, and franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first With man. Man. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown.
1: Well, we're trying something a little bit new here today. First Draft listeners. I'm Chris Sproul, joined by Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. I'm in Houston. Todd is in Boston, and Kuyper is at uh, the Kuiper compound. Camelot. Kuyper lot, I think mm-hmm. we can call it. Uh, but hey, we can pull it off. Todd is also fresh back from the Senior Bowl. Todd, are you kind of like the mayor of uh, Mobile, like you and Phil Savage?
2: No, that's all Phil. I, I, five years ago, I decided to stop going out and doing anything in Mobile. So I you don't, basically you don't become eat? A, the loser of Mobile. Yeah, I, We, we <laughs> you, don't go out to eat. We do nothing. <laughs> We're boring. Who, we watch tape at night a, and uh, stay out of trouble.
1: Who would win a popularity contest in Mobile, Todd McShay or A.J. McCarran?
0: Todd McShay, it's uh, a tough one. Yeah, maybe. I'll maybe. speak for you, Todd. I, I had enough you good years. Enough. If,
1: if you're not a total draft junkie, you might not know that AJ McCarron, who hailed from Mobile, did not go to the uh, decided not to go to the Senior Bowl a few years ago, somewhat controversially. Guys, let's talk a little Senior Bowl though. Todd, what did you see? Mel, what did you see and hear now that you can watch like every guy down to the footwork? From uh, if you're in Iceland or you're uh, in the stands, uh, Todd, who, who, top you know two three guys where you came out of there thinking, "Holy cow, this guy really changed uh, where he's going in this draft."
2: Well, I think I think the wide receivers and defensive backs probably, if you're looking as a group, head. And the best weeks, if you will, just in terms of practice and, and some of the things you saw in the game. I think the the biggest star of the week, at least for me, and the biggest surprise was Zay Jones, the East Carolina wide receiver. I mean, he, he comes from that, that system, that air raid-type system at, at ECU, and just a lot of screens and underneath throws and not a lot of vertical uh, attempts. And I, I think the biggest surprise was vertically, this guy can run. I mean, he can flat-out run. He has... I'm excited to see what he what his top end speed is at the combine. My guess is he's in the 40s, of I mean the 44s, four but um, but I went from just not knowing enough on him and just knowing the production. I think it's 399 career receptions, 158 this past season, um, and, and having not watched a ton of tape on him uh, to to really thinking this guy's got the ability to maybe be a day two pick and and become a, a starting receiver and a guy who can. Who can stretch the field? So Zay Jones had a, a really impressive week. Um, I think I think Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington. We all expected him to play the uh, probable day two pick, um, second third round. But I think he may have performed well enough. And it's important. for a smaller school guy to get in there against the you know the premier talent or the best talent that they, they can get to play in this bowl and, and going up against guys like Damonte Casey from San Diego State, Cam Sutton, who's healthy now from Tennessee, and, and showing well all week. And that's exactly what Cooper Cup did. I, I thought just the consistency of separation, route-running skills, catching the ball in traffic, really soft hands. And by that, you can tell, I mean, that's one of the things being there you can just – and the drills, you can close your eyes if you want and listen. And you can tell the guys who have soft hands and who, who guide the ball in and who are really natural catching the ball. And I, I thought he had the softest hands of any of the receivers there. Those are the couple of the guys that, uh, on the de- on the defensive back front. I, I just mentioned the guys I thought had the best weeks. Uh, Casey was always sort of in his own system. Seven, I think it's 17 career uh, interceptions, 14 in the last two years obviously tremendous ball skills, but we got to see him playing more man-to-man and turning and running, and, and he's completely capable. I, I think KZ goes from a, a guy that maybe early day three to, to possibly somewhere in the top 75, 80 picks. Cam Sutton, again, good to see him, a guy who was second, third-round prospect, but had not stayed healthy at Tennessee, and, and to play as well as he did throughout the week now that he's healthy is really good to see. And then uh, Tradavius White from LSU, uh was the best defensive back there and probably one of the best five players there. But he wound up getting having a, an ankle injury, I think it was, on Wednesday, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. So he only had a couple days of practice. But what he did show in a couple days um, kind of stacked up with what you thought going into the week. And, and I think he's locked down a, a, somewhere in the top, probably 40, 50. And some people are even talking late first round with Tredavious
1: White. Mel, what do you got? Who stand out? Todd really hit the corners, the pass catchers, and the pass defenders. Of course, he had to hit my guy Cooper Cup from uh, <laughs> Cheney. But uh, but who, who else, Mel?
0: Just watching, I thought Deion Dawkins from Temple held his own, the offensive lineman. I uh, liked him all year and he has some versatility so I think he could be in that second or third round range obviously O.J. Howard, that was the only first rounder uh, that you saw maybe he moves up just a little bit I thought Matt Days, Matt Days and, uh, and Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt from Toledo had a good game now he did have some gaping holes to run through uh, but he dropped weight, he caught the ball he did what he had to do, he showed a burst he showed some tackle breaking ability, a good body lean, so I thought Kareem Hunt of the running backs and Matt Days did a nice job Hassan Reddick, Todd, you know he could get after the quarterback, you know he played hard and all that, but I I mean, to see his athletic ability and the way he played in space in reverse, I thought Hassan Reddick, maybe second round, I think is is very possible for him. We knew Montrevious Adams from Auburn had ability. Uh, If he could become more consistent, uh, he could end up being a good pro. I think he's still more of a second-round pick. Uh, Josh Reynolds fights the ball on occasion, but he's got that size. that makes him a tough matchup for any cornerback from Texas A&M. So uh, he's intriguing. Jamal Williams, I saw a little Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard runs hard. Jamal Williams runs hard between the tackles. And what did you think? I want to ask you, Todd, because I like this kid during the year, and he had some huge games, and he ended up with 90 catches on the season, 64 last year. Chad Williams from Grambling,
2: flashes. Mm-hmm. I saw some, and especially early in the week, he really he really jumped out, getting vertical, uh, making some plays on the on the ball in the air. I thought he was a little bit inconsistent. You know, he had some, he had a couple drops, and and. Um, it's just, he just he can be a little raw as a route runner at times. Got feisty that one one day. I think it was Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. He and uh, who was it? Jenkins, yeah, Sean Miami Jenkins here, yeah. from Miami. Mm-hmm. They got after. I mean, it was a. It landed about seven or eight swipes at one another. So, which I didn't. I I, I love to see it's the aggressiveness the guys out there competing. So I I thought for for a guy who came in without a lot of hype. I think he was a late addition. I I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Uh but to to play and, and to flash as much as he did as a small school guy I thought it, it was uh it was good for him
1: Todd this over the last couple years we have seen I mean really three years we keep seeing just great wide receiver talent coming into the NFL uh, a couple years ago a lot of size last year wasn't quite as big of a class but in, you know good players this year you know, you have Mike Williams at the top there, where we feel like is a top 10 type, could certainly go. I think you guys have seen him in your mocks go as high as five. But then after that, it got a little dicey. You know, John Ross is electrifying, but there's still a lot of people that haven't seen a ton of him. Corey Davis, a great player out of Western Michigan, but now he's nicked up, won't be at the Combine. Then you have guys like Juju Smith-Schuster. From what you saw in Mobile... From a guy like Zay Jones, who, by the way, plays bigger than he's even listed. He looked long. Um, and then guys like Cooper Cup. Does, does the wide receiver class suddenly feel a little bit deeper, or is that just an illusion for me?
2: No, I, I, I think it does a little bit. I, I think having Cup and, and Zay Jones in the mix maybe both on day two, it adds to it. I, I've always thought that this class has a potential to have a lot of good secondary players, if you will. Guys that are, are not your primary, your number one, aren't first round picks, but can come in and be an eventually a number two early in their careers, maybe number three, number four, and and potentially, you know, some of the guys help on special teams as well. But I think you add you mentioned John Ross and Corey Davis. Curtis Samuel, you know, how's he gonna be used? Is he gonna be more of a slot receiver type coming out of Ohio State? Cooper Cup and Zay Jones, you mentioned, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I haven't done the tape on our Darius Stewart, but Uh, He's an intriguing player coming out of Bama. Uh, Chad Henson from from Cal is getting some love as well. So there's a a lot of good, I think, talented players that can contribute in that second through fourth round range of this year's class where you don't feel like, you know, if if you're not getting Mike Williams in the first, then I don't know that you have this huge urgency uh, to to go and use an early pick. And maybe you feel like in the third, fourth round, you can go and get a guy that that can be uh, very effective still
0: got a great title on that. I think one other guy, uh, uh, you know, Trent Taylor, was there from Louisiana Tech. But you know, Carlos Henderson is a kid out of Louisiana Tech. I've liked them all along. I think he's a guy can make a big splash over the next two months and get into that maybe third, fourth round range and be a nice pick for somebody at that point. So keep an eye on Carlos Henderson. Uh, and then you look at some of the guys. I think this year's uh, wide receiver class may produce some good fourth, fifth round picks. And uh, Billy Brown out of Shepherds, a kid to keep an eye on. I think down the line, uh, you got a lot of guys that have right now fifth to seventh round grades it could get a slight bump up so it could be a deep group depending upon how some of these guys tested the combine
2: well and the other thing too is I mean, they're not true receivers but you got a lot of good pass catching tight ends that can figure into your passing game i mean oj howard confirmed I mean, it didn't take more than a practice to realize that he was the most talented player in mobile this this week uh this past week so uh, oj howard from alabama i, I I'm guessing he's a top 20, maybe at worst top 25 pick. David and Joku we talked about from Miami. Jake Butt, assuming that he's back fully healthy, uh, coming out of Michigan. Jordan Leggett from Clemson. Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech, and a couple other guys who really fared well. Um, Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. I mean, he's he's small, he's undersized, but he's he's your you know classic. F tight end and move him in the slot, move him around, and and he was dominant at times. Really defensive backs and linebackers struggled to cover him throughout the week. Uh, Cole Hicatini wasn't there. I think he's nicked up, but coming out of Louisville, he had a really good year. Gerald Everett um, is another pass-catching guy who's going to be – you you can put him out in the slot, flex him out. And then two other guys – to. I want to mention one Adam is it Shaheen I think he's Adam an Shaheen underclassman from uh-huh. Shaheen from Ashland, Ashland who's a basketball player and I haven't done his tape yet but I've got a couple different scouts mention him while we were in Mobile and that he he might be the real deal and the next really good basketball player converted to tight end and then uh John Smith from Florida International did some good things Michael Roberts as well from Toledo so that, uh, there's some, a lot of depth uh, maybe as much as I've ever seen in a tight end class. I have to go back and look, but I, I can't remember a year where we felt like there's this much tight end class. tight end talent, especially after the last couple classes where it just didn't has not produced a ton of guys.
0: Yeah, Gerald Everett, South Alabama, you talked about him I like highlighted him under the radar all year. He's no longer an under the radar guy. Darrell Daniels, Washington has ability. It's a, a lot of guys. Blake Jarwin, Oklahoma State. So it is gonna be a host of pass-catching tight ends. A few of these guys are, are decent in-line blockers, but uh, when you add that group to the wide receiver position, as I say, I think the Combine and, and these underclassmen, how do they test at the Combine? What kind of pro days they have will be important, but it is a lot of pass-catching options that you need because this is a defensive draft, so if these fantasy leaguers are going to be happy moving forward, some of these guys have to put up numbers.
2: And teams like Denver, uh, Tennessee, sitting there, you know, Tennessee has two first first uh, first rounders, but Denver's as well. If you don't get one in the first, there's still there are going to be guys there in the second, third round. That I think realistically have a chance to come in and, and contribute right away.
1: Mel Todd just pulled a guy out of the GLIAC, Ashland. I thought you for sure were going to counter with a prospect from a JUCO in Siberia. <laughs> you've really had, you've had a good run in the GLIAC over the last few years. Um, hey guys, so some obviously some depth positions, pass catching were established. In Mobile, you know, I look at the NFL this year, and you just look at some of the teams that really improved or were the final teams in the tournament. New England Patriots really got their offensive line solidified. Dallas, obviously. Oakland, obviously. Atlanta Falcons, zero missed starts in the entire season on the O-line. Pittsburgh really got it figured out. Then you had some teams where the season was completely derailed. Good teams, or you thought they'd be good by offensive line play. Giants couldn't figure out left tackle, CX are just a mess. Um, obviously, the Minnesota Vikings season was just wrecked by O-line play. Here's my thing: I, I'm looking at this O-line, at particularly the tackle class. Is this a, is this one of the weaker? You know, we always talk about where quarterback classes stack up. Is this one of the weaker tackle classes we've seen in recent years? Huh? Uh,
2: yeah, it probably is. I mean. Ryan Ramchick, I think, from what I've seen so far, only one year starting at Wisconsin after transferring in, uh, he's probably the most complete, and it, it sounds like he's not going to be able to work out, Mel. Correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, mm-hmm. because he's, he's recovering from injury. Uh, Garrett Bowles, still need to do a lot more work on him, but hearing a lot of po- promising things about his athleticism, 6'5", almost 300 pounds, can really move uh, coming out of Utah. But Cam Robinson, I thought, had a, an okay season, at Alabama, but not great, a little bit disappointing. Um, Roderick Johnson was not the player that he was kind of hyped up to be. And then you look at the, the rest of this group. I, I really think it's going to be a much better year for interior offensive linemen where that was the issue last year. Uh, I, I thought even guys like Deion Dawkins from Temple who played tackle, was going to bump inside, uh, had a really good week. Antonio Garcia is the same thing coming out of Troy. I thought he was – uh, really impressive and got better as the week went on. Uh, during all the past uh, rush drills and everything else, I just thought he really stood out as a guy who's not quite there yet, but you can just see the ability there. And with that six-six frame, uh, there's a lot to work with. So I think Taylor Moten's another guy. who Western Michigan played tackle but could bump inside the guard. So there's a lot of those tackles could wind up as guards. Forrest Lamp had to leave. Early, he was another left tackle that was playing some guard uh, but wound up getting injured early in the week coming out of western Kentucky. So to me, that's where the strength of this offensive line group is, is going to be guard and center.
0: In a tackle group, it is probably the all-time worst, I can remember. I mean, you don't have a guy right now locked into the top 10, and you always see guys get forced up, and you see left tackles. Well, you move them to the right tackle, they'll be fine. Cam Robinson kind of fits that mold, but he's more of a guy that if you take him in the top 10, you're probably reaching just a bit. Uh, yeah, Ramchek is you know, we going to project him in the top 15 like some? I'm probably not. Garrett Bowles, I do like. I think this is a kid that has the ability to be a left tackle in the NFL. I think he's going to get a big bump up by the time we get to late April. He may be the First offensive tackle taken. I do like Deion Dawkins from Temple. Uh, I agree. I think a lot of these guys, unfortunately in Mobile, were a little overmatched, and that's going to hurt them. Uh, you know, get maybe moved from a third to a fourth, or fourth to a fifth. Uh, but I think Dawkins from Temple is the guy to me. Uh, you know, I thought he had a really good year, and he does bring a lot of versatility. And I think this is a guy that you know maybe second round at worst, third round. But I think he could be one of those guys that uh, maybe goes maybe fifteen to forty spots later than he really should.
1: But, I mean, in general, guys, let's just look. Mel's, Mel, your latest, your first mock draft, but your most recent, mm-hmm. you put Cam Robinson at seven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were talking about it on this pod a couple of weeks ago, or last <laughs> week, Todd said, I oh, <laughs> that's a bit of a reach. And you say, hey, you know, you, you figure somebody's going to rise. But, I mean, that, that's low to have your first tackle come off the board, and we're already talking about that might be a reach. I mean, is this the first year? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to dig in in a while where we could see it possible 2006 not No top ten?
2: Yeah, 2006 is the last time that there was just one first-round offensive tackle. It was DeBrickishow Ferguson. Um, Man, he went early. Ever since then, yeah, he went fourth yeah. overall fourth to the Jets. Overall. But every other year, it's between three and, and seven. I think 08, so it was seven offensive tackles in the first round. So usually we're looking at... Somewhere in that 3 to five, six, seven range for offensive tackles. I, I just don't see it this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to talk bizarro NFL if you have a year where we have more running backs taken in the first round than offensive tackles. <laughs> I mean, and it could happen. It's unbelievable. Guys, lastly, I, I do want to stack the board in terms of where the quarterbacks are. But to wrap up, you know, talk on the senior bowl, uh, Todd, in your notes, the riser for you out of there from the quarterback position was Josh Dobbs, a guy a lot of people have known, and a guy that, frankly, you know, talent versus production has been pretty underwhelming for a pretty good while at Tennessee. But you saw something there. Where do you think he? Uh, where do you think he stacks up? And what did he do for himself there?
2: Well. You know, it, it's all about expectations. I came into the week thinking Dobbs could be the, the least effective of, of the six quarterbacks there. And and this is a watered-down group because, you know, you've, you've got your top guys. And it's not even great it's at the top, but Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, who was allowed to play but opted not to for – understandable reasons coming less than two weeks off of the national championship for Clemson, Uh, Brad Kaya, all those guys are underclassmen. Patrick Mahomes, another one who's an underclassman, and Gerard Evans is an underclassman. So there are six quarterbacks that figure to be drafted, and we usually have between, I don't know, 12 and 15 quarterbacks drafted in a a given year. So you're talking about close to half – uh, potentially, of underclassmen. So then you get down to the second tier, and, and Nate uh, Peterman and C.J. Beathard were probably the top two, and they both had good weeks by their standards. I think Peterman really helped himself, but um, but Chad Kelly couldn't play. Seth Russell um, from from Baylor, Kelly from Ole Miss couldn't play because they were both coming off of injury. So now we're down to like our eighth, ninth best quarterback when you're looking to fill – just the third spot out of six spots. So Josh Dobbs probably got lucky to even be in the game, but took great advantage of it. I was really impressed. I mean, he doesn't have the biggest frame. He's about 6'3", 215, uh, but but adequate. He's mobile, very intelligent, but has, has not always transferred that intelligence to the field. And the accuracy, it's just his footwork and his accuracy have just not been very good the last couple of years. But I saw a quarterback who was working with a, a good quarterback coach and Hugh Jackson, the, the Browns head coach, who's always been good at developing quarterbacks. You could just see every day this guy would the, – the footwork, the timing was so much better than what we saw from him in college. And every day he kept getting a little bit better. And every throw he made, he started to gain a little bit more confidence. And it, it was just – he was standing tall in the pocket. He was stepping into his throws. He was driving off that back foot and, and showing more – uh, consistency with the weight transfer, and all the the mechanical things that he struggled with at Tennessee were starting to get fixed in just a couple of days. So long, short, I mean, I don't think I, he's a day three pick, probably a late round pick, but a guy like Hugh Jackson, if he can make that much progress with him over the course of just a few days – Maybe there will be some intrigue to bring him in and, and continue to work with him and, and see if he can fit into the, the equation in Cleveland as a, a day three steal eventually. I mean, that's the, that would be the hope, but we'll, we'll see. And there's some other quarterback coaches there, I'm sure, thinking, you know what, there's some, there's some stuff here to work with. And I think that's what he did more than anything, is that he got guys to go back and, and look at the tape again and rethink what, jo- what Josh Dobbs is in terms of his draft prospects in this class.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot to get excited about when you watch him during the year. So he needed that week, right. and he did uh, improve. Now, maybe he does get into the fifth, sixth-round area, Todd. But, you know, you hold out hope that three years down the road, maybe he can surface. Davis Webb from Cal, liked him going into the year, thought he had promise. I was disappointed with the year he had. You know, Hanson, as you mentioned, caught a ton of balls, made some great catches, was his go-to guy, targeted a lot, made a lot of big plays. But I think for Davis Webb, the accuracy that you need and a lot of those screens, those short bubble screens, to me, and he got the MVP, I I thought Kareem Hunt from Toledo would have gotten it, but uh, Webb did. But uh, maybe some bump him up a little bit uh, based on that. The senior quarterback group, Nate Peterman, Chris Sproul's guy from Pitt. Uh, you know, oh, we'll geez. see where he ends up. You, know, you Hey, you like him, Chris, a little bit. So uh, you know, Peterman, to me, looks like a backup. I think a lot to player. like with Peterman. Yeah, he's he's career a career good...
2: backup type. you think he's a starter in well, the NFL down the road? I Probably not. In the right system, if everything worked out, I think he's got to be more of a West Coast-based offensive you know that kind of offensive scheme. He, the biggest negative he has is he just he struggles to drive the ball down the field. We saw we had a couple windy days there, and that's, that's his weakness. But everything else, short to intermediate accuracy, timing, anticipation, um, just the, the ability to pick things up quickly, as he showed with two different coordinators the last two years. and throughout this week, he just he was constantly on and effective. I, I think there's a lot to work with. I think it's probably a reach to, to believe he's going to be a starter, but when you get him in the third, fourth round, somewhere in that range, you're drafting him to be a backup that maybe you, you strike gold, but at worst case, you're getting a guy that, that can be a good backup for you and, and win some games when called upon.
1: Well, guys, we got through uh, a, a whole pile of names down to Ashland U in the Gliac in the Senior Bowl. Let's take a quick break, and when we're back, I want to try to, Come to a consensus and stack this quarterback class really quickly. Now that we know where they are, and then really we're just a few weeks away from the combine, uh, where these guys will be meeting with teams, and that can change a whole bunch of things. So, back. I want Kuiper's Super
2: Bowl pick too. When we come back.
1: Oh well, <laughs> well, of course we'll get that. But back from the break, we'll stack the quarterbacks. Kuiper, we'll make everybody some money, and then we'll take your. First Draft questions, if you have them, hashtag First Draft every week. Send them on Twitter. But first, a word from Pro Flowers. Aren't you tired of guessing what she wants for Valentine's Day? Wouldn't you love an easy, fail-proof way to look like a pro? This year, Pro Flowers is making it easier than ever by taking all of the guesswork out on top of their already low prices. Guys, it's cheap already. Right now, you can get a dozen assorted roses with a free glass Voss for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, or you can upgrade. For $9.99 more, you can get two dozen assorted roses, again, with that free Voss. Get some glass in there. Just go to proflowers.com and use our code FIRSTDRAFT. Help support our show by supporting our sponsors. Use the code FIRSTDRAFT. Pick your flowers and then check out, and it takes about two minutes total. You can set the delivery day you want, Pro Flowers bouquets are guaranteed the last seven days, or your money back. You can't beat the price and convenience. Pro Flowers takes care of the details. You just get to sit back and look awesome. Here's the only way to get one dozen assorted roses with a free glass vase, starting at $19.99. Go to ProFlowers.com and use our code draft That's ProFlowers.com. Click on the microphone. And type in our code FirstDraft. Don't wait order today. Well, Todd McShay, for one, has been saying since basically last year's draft ended, he was terribly underwhelmed by what he was facing with uh, this quarterback class. Maybe it's gotten a little bit better. Maybe, you know, the senior bowl helped out a little bit. Maybe the combine will do a little bit more. But overall, there's not a lot of people jumping up and down about this quarterback class. What we got to do, though, is Let's get these guys in line. Let's try to stack them up, come to some kind of consensus. Starting at number one, I want to see where you two agree. Is Mitch Trubisky the clear number one right now, but with a threat from guys like Kaiser and Watson? How would you do it? Mel, you can get us started. Is Trubisky clearly number one?
0: Yes, I believe he is, and I think that's based on the way he played, Uh, obviously the talent that he possesses. Also, where he would have been with another year, you got to factor that in. And, uh, you know, we talked about his 2 too high. I think if he would have gone back, it would have been a consensus number one. Is his rating good enough to be the second pick? No. But does he still have a good rating? Yes. Uh, I'm in the mid-first. Todd has him in the late-first from a rating standpoint, so we both like him. Uh, but I think where he goes, you can say it's a reach. But as a quarterback, if you think he can be good, then you take him and you develop him. And if it's San Francisco, I think that would be a great spot for him with Kyle Shanahan. Uh Deshaun Kaiser's an enigma. Blame it on the system. Say he's not the fit for that offense all you want. But as, uh, as somebody who watches Notre Dame games over 10 times a week, uh, I didn't see it. Now, is he Jake Locker? Does he have the physical and athletic ability to wow you? Yes, he does. Can you excuse away the season? You could if you believe he will flourish and prosper in the NFL. So I think Kaiser's going to be one of those guys that, that could sneak in you know, a little earlier than maybe I think and others think. But he's a guy that, like I say, is one of those enigmas. Deshaun Watson... You know, what do you make of Deshaun? I mean, is he going to the top 15? I think he could. Is that too high for me? Yes. Uh, everybody seems to think, could he be Dak Prescott? Where's that number four? Prescott, we 15 at Mississippi State, four at Dallas. Are people going to draw, draw some similarities there? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, to get that much of a bump up, we'll see. I like Todd, and I know it's a risk because of the system. But when you watch this kid throw the ball and the way he moves and the way he picks out receivers late, I like his accuracy. I like the bloodlines. I think Patrick Mahomes, if people do move him down because of the system too much, I think at that point it 's risk reward, and the risk is lessened by where you get him. I think Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech could be very intriguing
2: yeah i just I finished up his tape, and i 'm less intrigued now than I was before, although I do see you know I see the potential there he's he 's a good athlete he 's not great but he 's a good athlete he 's uh, he's got a big arm, and there's there's some there's positives there, but he's he needs a lot of work. He's just so raw as a passer. His footwork is all over the place. It's almost surprising that he makes as many accurate throws as he does, considering how bad his feet are. So I, you know, the positive there is if you get him straightened out with his footwork, he's got a chance to to really improve in that area. Uh, but now you're talking about a guy who who's going to have a massive transition mentally. And then also you've got to do a lot of work with him, so I, I think he's a long-term project. Right, where round does he go, Todd? I honestly wouldn't take him in. The, I wouldn't take him certainly in the first two. Personally, probably I wouldn't take him till day three. But right. my guess is he's going to go earlier than that. All right. So if you kill him that much, the risk reward is, is out the window.
0: So it's it's all the risk is gone. The reward is, is possibly really good. Brad Kaya Miami would be in there. Evans Virginia Tech would be. I think you got six, and then where do you go? Would you put? I can't. Would you put Dobbs, Webb, or Peterman in the top six?
2: Um, Peterman, yes, I would put him ahead of Mahomes, depending on the the system and what I what I wanted to do and what I was looking for. Um, I would put him slightly ahead of Mahomes, though. Uh, I've got Trubisky, Kaiser, Watson is kind of that top tier, and then Kaya. Is almost his own second tier. And then a third tier, if you will, would be Peterman, Mahomes, Bethard, kind of that range. But so, I'll say this. It's interesting. For as, as much as we don't love this quarterback class, it is intriguing in that you've got a, a national championship winner, in Deshaun Watson, who was the, probably the best player in college football the last two years. you got a quarterback from Notre Dame, and then you've got this late-comer, Mitch Trubisky, who's only started 13 games but may be the most talented of all of them. And – I, one of the great things about being in Mobile all week is just talking to different scouts and, and listening to different opinions. And I don't, I mean, every single one I talk to is like they ranked them differently. And a bunch of guys thought Trubisky was the best, a bunch of guys thought Kaiser had the, the biggest upside, and a bunch of guys were, were all for Deshaun Watson and, and thought the other two you know weren't going to be there. So it's, it's pretty interesting to see how different everyone was that I talked to at least on, on where these mm-hmm. quarterbacks rank.
1: It's so funny, Todd, you bring that up because, you know, the great story, the thing that you guys are going to be asked for the next 10 years, who's, who's this year's who's Dak Prescott? You know, the guy who goes in the fourth. and the, no, Nobody knows that guy. But the funny thing about it is is you just mentioned that how these teams have these guys jumbled all over the place. The Cowboys did too. They wanted to draft Paxton Lynch. Couldn't get Connor him. Cook. They wanted to draft Connor Cook. Couldn't get him. And then this guy Dak Prescott falls into their lap. So the idea... That these teams have, oh man, if this guy just falls to us in the fourth, we got a plan for him. Eh, don't buy it. Yeah, and the Kansas always, City it Ch- could be a few different guys.
0: Yeah, and you think about the Kansas City Chiefs—they take a quarterback all the time. That's the Andy Reid's history, and they could have had yeah. Dak Prescott numerous times and ended up taking Kevin Hogan, who, who didn't make yeah. the team. So yeah, quarterback rankings and quarterback evaluations
2: are very suspect. I think, and you know, to go on a long rant, but. Part of it too, and I was reminded of that this this past week when I talked about you know, Josh Dobbs and his situation. Part of it's just getting with the right people, and and for some reason, Josh Dobbs really took to the coaching of Hugh Jackson and, and their staff. Now, maybe if he's there with a different coach, he doesn't have the same results. And so, you know, we talk about Dak, and, and he really picked up what the coaching staff was was you know feeding him and teaching him and he also was put in a situation with a really good running back good receivers and arguably the best offensive line in in the NFL so so much of it is the development of the player and the the situation that the, that quarterback is put in and and so many times we we you know we who knows what could have been with with uh, Bortles, with Blake Bortles or, or go back to David Carr. I mean, there's so many guys that we just don't know if they were put in a different situation, didn't have to play right away, had better protection, had better receivers, had a better coach who could relate to him and could teach some of the footwork and mechanics of playing the position, not just the X's and O's. Maybe they would have gone on to have great careers, but that's the—that's what you can't figure out no, right no. now. You
0: can't. What if uh, Tom Brady would have gone to the Cleveland Browns in the fifth round instead of spur John Win from Southwest Texas State? Would the Cleveland Browns? future would have been a lot different with Tom Bray's future, but yeah, we don't know how it would have or turned out. Or even worse, with, if
2: gone gone to Cleveland as a first-round pick and then yeah. had to play before he was ready.
0: Yeah, and then Detroit Lions, but if they'd have taken Dan Marino instead of a fullback from Florida, who had a good career, but maybe if they'd have taken Dan Marino, they'd have been to a Super Bowl by now, they'd never been to one, So and he goes to Miami, gets to one, never gets back to another, but he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, so yeah, you're right, I, who, who takes these guys, and you know, who drops a little further and ends up a bargain for somebody is important, so yeah, that is critical, but evaluating Quarterbacks with these systems at co- and college, I say it's a crisis in college. How no, they're not producing co- quarterbacks; is. they're just not. And it's thrown it all over the lot. Bubble screen after bubble screen. Short pass after short pass. He's overrated completion percentages and overhyped quarterbacks are the reason why evaluating
2: quarterbacks is more difficult now than it ever has been. Some some of these guys big. had taken three or three or four snaps from under center in their whole college career and had never huddled up, like had never commanded a huddle and. Yeah and had to go through the verbiage and all of that. So it's, it, for some of these guys, not all, I mean, C.J. Beathard was in a pro-style system at Iowa, and Peterman was in a couple different systems that had some pro-style elements at, uh, at Pitt and Tennessee before that. But uh, but with some of the other quarterbacks, it, it's brand new to them. And so they're having to learn while also making that a huge adjustment in terms of the speed of the game.
1: Todd, I'm kind of offended that we did a woulda, shoulda, coulda quarterback situation in the draft, and uh, Kuiper didn't bring up Elway to Baltimore.
0: No, no, I did not because because had he gone to Baltimore, who knows it what would have happened? Maybe that maybe Indianapolis would have never. Maybe the Colts would have stayed in Baltimore. History would have been rewritten. All the things would have been done. And, hey, we could. Talk I about love that next. that's our one
2: production element on the show. Yeah, the we one, one, one production el- yeah, element. Yeah. The day Andrew,
1: We could. Yeah.
0: How about all? How about, <laughs> how about all the Baltimore guys and Maryland guys that are successful in the NFL right now?
1: Hey, we could Look talk. Did, we could sprout. put in a we could put in a uh, get off my lawn thing cuz you guys are alternating weeks going on rants about how it's impossible to evaluate college quarterbacks. Every I'm, bubble screens. <laughs> it's like Todd's Todd. Right. I think Todd. What's you your get prediction, Kuiper?
2: Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Tune in Saturday, <laughs> eight to noon Eastern, Come Dorian and ESPN radio, and you can well you get Come a radio
1: down. show,
0: Todd,
2: you can wait till Saturday.
0: That's why I get to uh, wait until Saturday. Hey, tune in Saturday, hey, Saturday hey, morning, eight to noon
2: Eastern, and I'll tell you who's going to win. If I was asking about the Bachelorette Bachelor, you'd be you'd have a whole list Hey,
0: I'm a big Danielle L fan, but I think Vanessa's gonna win.
1: So guys, let's do one You know, last week I got exercise. we got off the
2: podcast. Last week we got off the podcast and he sent me a I don't know, crib sheet or whatever you would call it, like yeah. rankings with yeah. more verbiage, more text on it than he ever had in, his, yep. in that book that he gave <laughs> out for 25, that he sold and made millions for, I'm sure, for 25 years. I mean, yeah. now, the that, detail that. that he went yeah. into was unbelievable. Hey, we all take notes and we have all our wait things. Till, that,
1: yeah. wait, till, uh, wait till Mel calls me and he said he's going to start producing the, uh, the Bachelor Blue Book. It's going to happen. I'm very well. All yeah. right. One really quick, really quick exercise, though, mm-hmm. just before we get to the uh, the mail, where there's also a production element. Come on. Uh, so right now, who are the possible guys to go in the first round? Is it Trubisky, Kaiser, Watson, and, and call it a day? Or is there somebody else? Who's going to be the EJ manual? Not that that ended well. But who is that possibility outside of those three that could fly up? Nobody.
2: I think I don't think any. I I don't have a guy for you. I mean, I would guess Kuyper would say Mahomes. I I just don't. No, I think if you're telling me third
0: or fourth. You're telling me third or fourth round for Mahomes, Todd. I'd be happy at that point to think about taking Patrick Mahomes. But I think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be the one because when I watched him, and like I said, Notre Dame games, Todd. Nobody watches more Notre Dame games than I do. And all I can tell you is the talent's there. I mean, he shows an NFL arm. He can move. He's Mm -hmm. big. He looks the part. But yeah. I didn't see it. Now, gold. To me, somebody's going to think that they can take what they see physically. And yep. yeah, and and transform him from a mediocre player this past year at Notre Dame to a quality quote. One of those guys that you always talk the old cliche was Todd, he'll go on to be a much better pro than collegian. That's what they'll right. say about Deshaun Kaiser by the time we get to late April. So I would probably bet on him being that guy in the late first where Teddy Bridgewater went in that area. Uh, you know, and and get Watson. I'd get Watson up into the top. Hey, I had him go on. 10 to Buffalo, Todd, and I'm gonna keep yep. them up there. And I had Tred going two to San Francisco. I'm gonna keep them there. Kaisers, though, is the one I think is gonna be in that twenty five to thirty-two range. Maybe somebody trades back in, uh, you know, like happened with Bridgewater to get him late first round.
1: Is there Nothing a clear number me. four then? Is it Kaya or Mahomes or even I don't know, Evans? To be determined I, don't think it's I would clear. Think. I think it's to
0: be determined. There's the, the pro days, yeah. the combine, all these things are going to be important because these guys all have flaws and they all have issues. Uh, you know, the system or whether it's just an injury, uh, you know what it is. All these guys are flawed. They have some red flags. So, and I, I'm not saying the top guys don't have red flags and flaws because they do. But I think it's clearly defined right now that it's going to be Trubisky number one off the board, possibly at one or two, and then comes I think Watson, and then comes Kaiser. Todd, you agree or disagree I, on that?
2: Um. No, I would agree. I I would tend to agree. Uh, I'll say this. When when you say something like pro days and and combine with with the quarterbacks, I I think you're exactly right, but I think it's so much less about the the on-the-field running and jumping and and throwing versus air. It's the mental part, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, and I've heard it from so many guys this past week. That it's so important now, where you've got guys that didn't have a playbook. I mean, they would use one signal or, or a number for a play, and that and they would have a handful of plays, and that was the offense. And didn't huddle up, weren't under center. Which it's not necessarily taking the snap as much as it as it is about getting from under center reading the defense while dropping, getting back and having the timing to pull it all together so that you're in sync with your receivers and the exact times that they're breaking. And then also pre-snap reads, checking, killing plays, uh, setting pass protections. A lot of quarterbacks coming out now don't do any of that. So when you get in a room and you sit down, and whether it's 15 minutes at the Combine or it's the personal visits that teams uh, bring in, you know, they get, what is it, 30 players, I think, a year they're allowed to bring into their facilities and do nothing physical but can spend the whole day with them working mentally on the board, testing them, installing, uh, you know, putting in different installs and and seeing what they remember and how quickly they learn and absorb has become – even more important than than it used to be. I mean, the last five, seven years as we've gone to more of these spread offenses that don't huddle and don't ask a lot from their quarterbacks. So the teams that, are, that need quarterbacks are in a tough spot. I mean, you talk about Cleveland. I mean, just at the at the top of the the draft, it's Cleveland, uh, San Francisco, Chicago, all three of them need quarterbacks. And so... All the other teams that are in the market as well, it, it's a very difficult year, and they've got to do a lot of work from their coaching staff and personnel departments over the next couple of months trying to spend individual time with these guys and figure out who can pick it up or who's going to potentially be a Jared Goff situation where you really don't even want to put him on the field because he's so far behind mentally as a first overall
1: pick.
0: And to sum this guys, all up, guys, you've got a lot of throwers coming into the NFL ranks from the collegiate ranks, not many pitchers
1: control not command let's uh jump into a lightning round of uh of email here well tweets cody Har. cody Har says i don't really buy this theory sorry cody the 2018 qb class looks really good according to this guy cody would it be unwise for a top 10 team to take one this year based on that i don't know if it looks as good as people think mason rudolph luke falk baker mayfield Er, starts getting a little shaky after that among the seniors, and then, I mean, I don't know. you talking about next year. We, yeah, we're talking about next year. You know, I'm not jumping up and down hey, for Lamar Jackson, know? Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Wilton State. I mean, Sam Darnold. Sam, Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Sam Darnold could be the man. But bottom line is, anybody buying the idea that you would look to next year and, and make that determination to rethink the way you're looking at this class?
0: No, you can't because you don't know where you'll be picking. And that's yeah. the thing. You just don't know. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers. They won 10 games. Now they could be in the playoff hunt uh, in the NBA in the NFL. Who's to say you're going to be picking in the top five and next year you're picking at 15 yeah, to 20. So you don't know. You can't really worry about next year's quarterback group uh, if you need one. And you have to assess them, Todd. You have to figure, can they play or can't they play? you got to evaluate these guys like the you know, college guys have to do with high school kids coming in recruits. Evaluate them. You either like them or you don't. If you like them, fine. You don't worry about it. If you don't like them, you don't don't like them, so you can't force it just because next year's group may be good or bad yeah you can't force any pick and if your evaluation is true and you believe in your evaluation either go for it or you back off
1: todd you just saw him andrew kerrigan andy kerrigan 13 asks you saw cooper cup had a good senior bowl week what round
2: i'm gonna say second round yeah i think third round would probably be as far as he would fall but i think with this year's class we talked about it earlier You've got a bunch of guys after Mike Williams, and even some people are skeptical of the speed with Mike Williams. But I, I just think he's such a good player in late separation and hands and physical and everything you look for otherwise. Um, but John Ross, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State, I think Cooper Cup's in that, nec- that next tier and, and will likely be uh, off the board by the end of the second round.
1: couple more. Tyler Ward at Tyler32 Ward. Mel is Temple linebacker. Son Reddick, a first-round pick now.
0: I think if he tests great, he could be in the late first. I really do. I think he could be. I'm going to say second round just to be conservative, but I, I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility he could sneak into the late first.
1: All, All right, one last week,
0: question.
2: Man. He was so impressive.
1: Anthony Smith at Ant Smith 777 Todd, whew, I guess we can imagine this now. If Cam Robinson is somehow on the board at 26, should the Seahawks grab him? um
2: yeah I mean it Man, you, would make you sense. Love Kim I,
1: I, Robinson.
2: <laughs> he's a right tackle he struggles in space and you have to protect him but he's he can be physical in the run game he's got you know the, the frame six six three 327 pounds there' there's some ability there but um yeah I think in that range you're talking late first yeah I think for a team that, that needs to build its offensive line there's going to be a bunch of them that are drafting throughout the, the draft, but it certainly you can look at three or four different teams in the, in the last, like, ten picks of the, of the first round that, that could use an offensive lineman, and I think that's about the range that he belongs.
1: Guys, that's going to wrap it up. I'm here at the Super Bowl. I can see Roger Goodell pointing at me right now. He wants to know why 50% of ESPN's NFL draft team is spending most of his time on The Bachelor, so I'm going to have to talk to him about that. But for Chris Sproul... Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Uh, that's it for first draft this week. Uh, Todd, do you want to remind people when they can get Mel's uh, Super Bowl pick?
2: Yeah, I guess Saturday because we're not good enough to, to get his Super Bowl <laughs> Saturday, pick. No Saturday, one Saturday. wants that junk anywhere, anyway, yeah, Kuyper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be eight listening. Saturday morning, eight I was, I eight was eight doing it as a charity <laughs> for you. <laughs> Falcons first with draft, the upset. That's my pick. You heard it here. Later.
1: Falcons wow. with the upset from wow. Todd. And by the way. Next week on First Draft, it'll be our first one. Always emotional with the full draft order set. Man, is that going to be big? It's bigger than the Super Bowl itself, really.
2: Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great
0: podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.